I want to remind everyone to go to HankStrange.com, get up on our email list. Uh, that's one of the best ways for you guys to get in touch with us. If you look around HankStrange.com, under the Strangerholics tab in the menu, you can find all the different platforms and things like that that we're on. If you're looking for us during these times of social media uh, purgatory, which is, I don't know, I don't think that's a real word, but... Um, and also, you can find on HankStrange.com, the 2020 was hell in a handbasket patch, which we have out right now. Uh, Mike, Daddy, do you have one of these hell in a handbasket patches? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. We got we to gotta make sure you get one. Uh, Vincent Sheffaloo, do you have one? I do not, but oh, I expect okay. to get one. Yeah, okay. All right. We just got to get your address, and we won't share it with uh, ATF or anyone. <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely send some to you, Vince, and, and Mike. Okay, let's get this kicked off. Uh, big show here, so make sure everyone out there smashes the thumbs up, shares this if you can. We'll take questions and stuff like that from you guys once we get through basic intros. I'm going to kick everything off right now with the opening. Welcome back to the Hank Strange so, situation. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, smash those thumbs ups, ring the bell so you can be notified every time we go live. We are live, we have a tradition here that everyone must do, both of these guests have been on before. It's called Jazz Hands, here it goes. We're taking it back from the terrorists, guys. I know these are two tough guys. Come on, Mike Daddy, let's see those jazz hands if you can hear, there you go. Mike Daddy doing jazz hands. Uh, and we are live. I hope you guys have your big girl panties on out there. This is episode 702 of the Who Moved My Freedom podcast. Uh, my guests tonight are former ATF, retired ATF agent Vincent Sheffaloo. Here he is. Uh, Vincent, what does your T-shirt say right there? Let's see. Can we see your T-shirt? Uh, undercover cop. Oh, Okay. All right. <laughs> that's cool. That's being stealthy, being stealthy. <laughs> and then we have Mike Daddy. Mike Daddy, uh, you don't have any kind of uh, crazy T-shirts like that going. Looking very respectable. Collared up. Thank you. Yes. How are you, Mike? <laughs> Doing well. Thank you, Hank. Yes. And Mike, if you guys don't know, Mike is a gun writer. You write for gun magazines. You're a gun guy. You're an FFL. Um, and you were involved in the... Uh, I call it Operation Wide Receiver, but guns across the border, right? Right. Operation Wide Receiver was the investigation I was involved in. Guns Across the Border was the name of my book. Right. And then uh, basically that was about um, the ATF had an investigation going with folks who were uh, making straw purchases kind of from you and taking those across the border into Mexico. And you participated in that and kind of uh, d didn't really work out so well. Well, it, it, <laughs> everything worked out in the mm -hmm. end. So okay. uh, we're happy for that. I'm glad to be here. Mm -hmm. But yes, I, I was recruited by ATF to work mm -hmm. as a confidential source and facilitate the guns to these people taking them across the border. Right. Okay. And, um, and Mike has a book out on that that you guys uh, can find out there. It's uh, Guns Across the Border, right? Guns Across the Border is the hardback. The, it's probably not available anymore. Operation Wide Receiver is the same book in paperback. Okay. That's, that's available through uh, Amazon. Right, absolutely. Maybe Lola will throw up some links to both of these guys' books. I don't happen to have uh, Wide Receiver or Guns Across the Border here. I do have Rat Snakes, which uh, Vincent wrote. 
Um, but we'll, I'll find both of those books and throw them up here as we're talking on the screen. Um, I would ask you guys to go out there, support Mike Daddy, get that book. Uh, support Vincent for coming on here as well. Get his book, read it, listen to it on audio. Both of these books are on Audible. You can listen to them on audiobook. Um, so just make sure you guys check that out. Um, Vincent, obviously you were here, what was that? Uh, was it a couple of months at this point? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, two months ago. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we've got Vincent for at least the first hour here. We've got Vincent. Um, I think you, you, you're, you're having some kind of surgery tomorrow. Right. In the morning, going to get my uh, carotid laid open, so I'm okay. getting bed. Um, okay. So, you know, first of all, uh, good luck on that I surgery. Hope it goes well. Um, I don't know if you could talk about what exactly happened there. I know... <laughs> You've kind of you've lived what you did undercover. <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Uh, well, I've I've taken some bumps and bruises. Mm -hmm. My lifestyle wasn't the most healthy, so I get to pay the piper. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that all goes well, man, and you uh, you know you recover if not, from that. This will be the last show I'll be on. No, 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 no. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> We don't want that. Uh, we would love to see you back. Um, does that does that surgery have anything to do with smoking? Because you're still smoking. <laughs> um, it's either smoking, the drinking, or the bad diet, um, or okay. all of them. Oh, okay. All right. Which still... I'm not going to change anything. So I mean, okay. <laughs> all right. So you're still okay. Obviously, you're still drinking. Still smoking, still doing all that stuff. All right. Drink, smoke, shoot, baby. <laughs> all right, good. How are you health-wise, Mike? You good? Everything is uh, good for me. You know, I got this new chocolate lab since you were out here last mm -hmm. time. And mm -hmm. he gets me up every morning. We go for a two- or three-mile run and wash. So mm -hmm. I never thought I'd run again. In fact, the last time you were okay. here, I think I just had my hip replaced. Wow, yeah. And, uh, wow, you're running on a hip replacement? Kudos, brother. Good job. And, and two ankle replacements. Yeah. I love that dog, by the way. I follow oh. you all the time. Every time you post it up, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if he could just find a woman for me, I'd be in good shape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, he's, uh, so he's, he's slacking. <laughs> Got to get the, get the work done. He's, uh, he's, he's more Labrador and not so much Retriever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one thing you guys both have in, first of all, you're both tough guys. I think Mike is a really, that's, I always have thought that about Mike. He's a really tough dude. Uh, you're both Marines. That's something you Except guys have in common. Com yeah. Kind of like completely different. Mike looks so, you know, he looks like an FBI, <laughs> ATF. He looks like some kind of agent, <laughs> Mike, right? I mean, this is, people could. Well, disagree. yeah, I've, I've kept short hair all my life and. <laughs> Yeah. Not got any tattoos or anything, so. Yeah, you look all official <laughs> and presidential, you know, like maybe Secret Service dude or whatever. And then Vince, Vince, hey, Vince, hey, hey. <laughs> Vince, Vince looks just like, oh, okay, this guy's a criminal. I, I don't even well, need to see any kind of background yeah. checks. But see, you know, Vince is smart because nobody looks at him and goes, that's a fucking agent. Yeah. I mean, right? The, no, he listen. Wearing undercover cop, they're even gonna look. There's no way. <laughs> this guy, come on. 
Dude, this is my favorite shirt. It never fails. I don't care what bar I go into, what grocery store. Somebody, like a bunch of somebody's will go, oh, my God, you're an undercover cop. And I'm like, shh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, listen, um, I, I don't know, Vincent, have you got a chance since you came on? Obviously, we did some videos and... Uh, there are lots of people that are really uh, upset about that. I think in the gun community, there's a lot of guys that aren't very happy about law enforcement. I don't know. Um, I would consider both of you guys are in the gun community, right? I don't know, yeah. Mike or Vincent, if you would agree or disagree with that. I found there's people who don't like any kind of law enforcement, and they specifically in the gun community don't like ATF agents. Am I wrong in that assessment? No, I think that's. I think it's a fair assessment. I think we've probably earned that jacket with some questionable leadership over mm -hmm. the years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can't keep quit shooting ourselves in the foot, mm -hmm. so to speak. Um, so to speak. We haven't had oh, a, there goes, there a goes. permanent <laughs> director since two thousand and five. You know. Yeah. I mean. Right. So. Um, I think, you know, I think that was kind of, there were people who actually really enjoyed it. Um, there were people who were like, you have to have this guy on again. And then there were folks like, never have this guy on. <laughs> and then there were a lot of people who said, you have to have Vince on with Mike Daddy. That's how it has to go down. Because obviously, Mike, you went through your things. But, you know, I think like if you go back to, because we've known each other now for, for years. I think if I go back to the years, I think you were maybe a little bit more upset about this in the beginning. But maybe time has kind of like made it easier for you to look back at it. Am I wrong with that? Yeah, or? I mean, you know, time has a way of helping you put things in perspective. And, mm -hmm. and the biggest thing is I'm here. I'm still alive. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, the... The thing was, um, the way that they used me, I didn't care too much for. I thought I was really helping them take down the cartel, which is mm -hmm. what they told me I was doing. Uh, I was happy to make that sacrifice uh, to get involved that deep, you know, because I thought that was a pretty worthy cause. But mm -hmm. once I found out that it, it was never about taking out a cartel, it was just about sending guns to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, um, when, when I became a liability is when they realized that I knew too much and that I'd been recording them and keeping notes and so forth. Um, that's when they decided, hey, let's let's let these guys take care of them. When I say these guys, I mean the cartel guys mm -hmm. and started putting my name out in the court docs, which was something I was assured was never going to happen. Um, that, that, that pissed me off a little bit. But like I said, you know, time. I've had time to think about it. And it's, I shouldn't take this personally because it wouldn't matter if it was me or Vince or Hank mm -hmm. that had been involved in this. We were all going to suffer the same fate. Mm -hmm. uh, so in that regards, I don't take it personally like that anymore. This is just the way the government operates. And I wish I could say it was just limited to ATF, but we know that's not true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we've I think we've seen uh, unfortunately in the last few years we've seen that with lots of alphabet agencies. I mean even the FBI. Remember the and and when Vincent was on we were talking about FBI versus ATF and FBI always had like this high ideal in people's minds, right? Or held a high position in everyone's mind like the cream of the top, the 
the cream of the crop, the top of everything in terms yeah, of well, integrity that's not and the all case that. Anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the case with a lot of these government agencies, and in a lot of ways, they're being used, uh, you know, politically to go after people, including president, right? So, I mean, and and the crazy thing about it is that no one or not enough people in America think that's a terrible thing. You had no one resigning, no one punished or anything like that, even though the FBI clearly went after a president. Um, we're, we're talking about what happened with, with Mike Deddy. Vince, do you have an no, opinion? Nobody, have you followed? Nothing happened to anybody that uh, trick-fucked Mike. Mm-hmm. They sidestepped it. They gave blank. Uh, redacted documents, gave marginal testimony. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget the day Daryl Issa held up that totally redacted page mm-hmm. that was trying to get to the bottom of what was going on, and they just refused to answer the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what should have happened to those guys? Can you? Uh, what do you think? As the guy on the inside and the ATF agent now. You you never did you ever deal with guys like Mike because I think the difference with what you described when you were on when it and when it comes to Mike Deddy he wasn't a criminal this is a guy that has led a pretty straight life served his country all that kind of stuff been he a was good doing guy his whole life patriotic thing right and right that's what we always tried to do was enlist the FFLs with some integrity to you know help us keep a finger in the dam let's slow down these Guns. We we. I hate to use the word informant or con- confidential source, but we used dozens and dozens of FFLs over the, my career. But the difference was, we didn't put them in the trick bag. We protected them. We concealed their identities, and we didn't ask them to do that. That foolishness they pulled out there was a, a lack of leadership. Uh, a bureau out of control, and uh, we're still paying for that now. Nobody for, has forgotten wide receiver or fast and furious. And people did get hurt. I mean, not not just uh, people on our side and, and good guys get hurt, but lots of people in Mexico got hurt with oh, the hundreds, guns that were allowed to go over there. Hundreds of people were assassinated with guns that we let go across the border. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, uh, I mean, I understand where Mike is coming from, right? I mean, you got to understand that this is a guy who's got to live with, with all the things that went on here. And, uh, and I kind of get it, right? If you, you know, at the end of the day, like Mike said, you got to realize the universe, it's not just you. It's everyone that they do that they do this to. But whenever I think about it, it makes me mad. You know? Yeah, I, I've been um, embarrassed angered. Um, I know the people that were involved in those investigations Mm -hmm. and they abused our authority. They uh, failed to remain apolitical. Mm -hmm. You know, they got involved in politics and that's what scares me now about the Bureau. Um, The new administration has made it clear that they're on a mission to go after Guns, mm-hmm. guns in general, not even people, not even people breaking the law, just the guns themselves. Mm-hmm. And if ATF doesn't stand up and go, now nah, that's not what we do. 
We don't go. We don't go after law-abiding citizens with guns. We go after criminals, armed career criminals, convicted felons, terrorists, uh, biker gangs, street gangs. Um, we could end up being a puppet of this administration. Um, I think end up is probably uh, underestimation. I mean, I think already, even before the administration has taken over, they're kind of like a puppet. Mike, I don't know if you're following any of this stuff. I know you do write gun stuff. Are you following anything about, you know, with, with what's going on with the ATF for the last year, maybe the last three months of last year at all? Yeah, I, I mean, specifically about the, the, the brace, mm -hmm. the brace stocks that... Uh, uh, people are using. Um, I, I think anytime you have an agency that says this product is okay, and then for no apparent reason, after a certain amount of time, says, no, that item's not okay. We're changing the classification on it. Now you're now if you have one of these, you're you're a felon. Um, how can that be? I mean, I, I, I'm a person that follows the law, and when they said, okay, these arm braces are legal, I went out and I bought a few of them because it's cheaper than doing the paperwork to make an SBR. And I've got SBRs too. But uh, for them to turn around and say, you know what, uh, we don't think people should have these. They're... We just can't trust people with short AR-15s or AKs or whatever. Well, and not uh, even in a reasonable amount of time. They right. let four million of them get out into the public, and then I'm reasonably certain acquiescing to the political winds said, "Oh, we can now we can start calling these things back and whatever." That that's not what we're about. Do you guys think they ever really liked the idea of the pistol arm brace? You think they ever liked that idea? Um, they must have because ATF errs on the side of caution every time. And if they have an ability to uh, prohibit or outlaw or regulate a specific firearm, mm -hmm. we do it. And then we let the courts or the NRA or whoever fight us on it, and we win or lose. Um, I, I don't know why they picked that fight after they approved them. I mean, they were approved nationwide. Well, after, after they approved them, then they came out with that letter a couple of years later. It says, oh, if you shoulder one of these arm braces, then you're, you're breaking the law. And then they, after that, they issued another letter and said, no, we're mistaken. You can shoulder that brace without breaking any laws. So they, they already they already came out and said, you can't do it. And they said, you can do it. And here just recently, they're trying to say, no, you can't. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we want them back. That's just crazy. You know, ATF has this long history of creating crimes to aid an investigation. And we talk about uh, uh, poor Mr. Weaver. We talk about the people at Waco. You look at Fast and Furious and Wide Receiver. These were investigations where they actually created or facilitated a crime 
for the purpose of an investigation. I, do you agree with that, Vince? Um, I, I think I would probably agree in general terms. However, um, clearly, um, clearly the entrapment issue was proven in Randy Weaver's case. But entrapment or no entrapment, and I'm not justifying it. It was a horrible, I mean, it was a perfect storm. But at no time do you get to shoot a U.S. Marshal and refuse to show up at court. You know, if they were to come right now and say, hey, Vince, you got one of these short barrel rival, you know, we're charging your ass or anything. I'm not going to stand off and, and execute the marshals to come get me or anything. I'm going to go to court and say this is bullshit. You know, you guys approved them when I bought it and we'll go go the route we go. Okay. Um, as far as Waco goes, um, that was a train wreck. And I'm to this day, I will always be proud that somebody stepped up. FBI had that in their lap for years, and they said, this is too, it's a powder keg. We're not going to get involved with this cult-like group and everything. Bottom line was that, dude, they were uh, manufacturing and possessing illegal Title II weapons, and they were there looking for the apocalypse, and they got it. Now, I'm not justifying the raid or anything that led up to it or the way we conducted ourselves. I'm just saying we were there for a lawful purpose. We had all the probable cause in the world, and the ultimate investigation proved we were right. They had hand grenades. They had machine guns, converted weapons, no registration, no occupational tax stamp. Um, They were breaking the law far and wide. So that, that... I just want to be clear on that. No, I think I understand that. And I, you know, I mean, it's just like what happened recently in D.C. I don't think that people should so easily go out there and start attacking, uh, attacking other people for that matter, much less uh, government officials or uh, law enforcement or anything like that. But however, however, I have to say there's a couple of things here and I see people mentioning this one. If, if you're saying that there's no reason why people should attack uh, a government agent, an ATF agent that's coming to serve a warrant or whatever it is, then what is the reason that they, that they would attack or kill people? Self-defense. Okay, so, so do the people have that same right of self-defense? Uh, not in the face of lawful government authority all he had to do was all all david crash had to do was put his hands up and say go ahead search the place we got nothing to hide okay so the women and children that have been killed by the atf right or people's dogs etc okay back up what women and children were killed by the atf okay um so, for example, I'm just going to give you an example. Armament and Axis says, and the ATF had no right to shoot a woman holding a baby at Ruby Ridge. That was FBI. Okay. Um, CB says, can kill a kid, yeah, though. That was Lon Horiuchi from the FBI. Mm-hmm. They took over the scene, and mm-hmm. they made the judgment to shoot her as a combatant or a aggressor or whatever. And, um, and in, in your mind, was that Okay. Probably not. Mm-hmm. 
There were, okay. there, there, Appalachian Gun Runner says Vicky Weaver. I'm sh- that's the same person I think that we're talking right. about, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, a lot of times these situations, and I could tell you, there's been situations when police officers or law enforcement behind a badge do illegal things. So if so, for example, there's stories, and I can't remember the exact name right now, but there's a story. I remember this in New York of a guy, of a young kid, young black kid that actually worked for police officers in New York selling drugs for them. So in other words, in New York, the police officers would seize drugs, take those drugs and put them back on the streets and have these kids selling drugs for them. That is such a minute uh, percentage of law enforcement. And I've worked I'm, all over the country. I'm not saying it's all I'm not saying it's all law enforcement, but the point I'm getting to is when there were there was other law enforcement that started investigating that case, and those police officers decided that they had to eliminate this kid who was becoming a witness, and they went after him, and when they went after him, uh, a lot I think I don't think any of them died, but they all got shot. And then for weeks, if not months, in New York City, they were trying to find this guy, and every time they would come up on him. He actually wound up being pretty badass. He kept uh, shooting up these guys. And when he was eventually arrested, he was cleared of all those charges in court except for having a gun illegally because he was defending himself against these police officers that wanted to assassinate him. So that's why I'm saying, like, sometimes you're in a situation. So I understand Mm -hmm. this guy who had the gun to protect himself against police officers. who He was selling dope for the cops. Yes. And then the cops okay. just decided you know to kill what? him. No, you know what? That goes all the way down the toilet. Next subject. Mm-hmm. You sleep with dogs, you're going to get fleas. The mm-hmm. dirty cops should go to prison. He should go to prison. You don't get to saddle up and do a bunch of heinous, illegal drug dealing with cops, for cops, and, and expect that the cops don't go to jail and you go to jail or get shot or whatever occurs. Mm-hmm. If you're out committing crimes, you're out there committing crimes. Let's don't try to candy coat that. Regardless of who you are, regardless of what side of the law you're on, what I'm saying Correct. to you, what if you're the, so if you're the person on the opposite side of the law when they're doing something wrong and they're coming after you and maybe they want to kill you, don't you have the, you, I mean, you can't just go, okay, I surrender and then they kill you. And then plant a gun on you or whatever. I'm not saying that's every situation here. No, that's you know? not, like I said, that's such a minute mm-hmm. portion of law enforcement and civilian interaction. Mm-hmm. Let's face it. Our cops are good. Our feds are good. They're out there trying to keep people alive, protect the public, do some uh, ne'er-do-wells come in end up in there, a bad judgment, um, corrupt, uh, low morals, uh, no ethical standards. Absolutely. But in 27 years, total of 36 years in law enforcement, 27 with ATF, I probably met or run into or come across eight, 10 real dirty cops that, Mm -hmm. you know, deserve detention and and what happened to those guys did, did, did they eventually meet justice some okay yeah 
I mean, definitely, so I'm not saying that it rises to the same level of a crime, but definitely what happened with Mike Deddy and what happened with guns going across the border illegally into Mexico, that the ATF, if, so let's say a regular person was out there taking uh, guns and send them, sending them across the border, you guys would, you would say, hey, we need to go after those people, right? Real, those guys need to be Correct. under the prison. But in that case, the folks at the ATF that allowed that and the people in the government that allowed that, there's not they one person that removed. I know of that paid any kind of price for that. They should have been removed. They should have been terminated and potentially prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Leveraging an FFL like Mike to do presumably illegal acts for the greater good is not the way we do business. Mm-hmm. It never has been. It was uh, some neophyte supervisors, some unskilled agents. They saw the big kahuna at the end of the rainbow and said, oh, we got a, a big deal here and we got this guy who's willing to help us. And it was ill-advised from the get-go. That would have never happened in my day. Mm-hmm. My first-line supervisor would have shut that down and said, this is ridiculous. Stop. Mm-hmm. If I could interject, you know, uh, a lot of the problems here in Arizona – started with our special agent in charge, Bill Newell. Bill Newell's uh, a tool. Of, <laughs> yes, he is. And, that uh, rhymes. He, he orchestrated uh, wide receiver as well as fast and furious. Now, Vince and I share a, a, a mutual acquaintance, and I had dinner with him one night and asked him, I said, how is it nothing happened to him? He said, well, you know, the guy didn't have anything to fear because he was taking orders from above him with the assurance that if anything ever happened, nothing bad would happen to him. And you have to look at it. You say this guy wasn't removed. He wasn't. Uh, I think they did change in office, but they moved him back to his home state and paid him to not go to work. And I think he's probably retired by now. He got a full pension. Never even got a letter of censure for what he did. He went in front of Congress and absolutely lied through his teeth. Um, they said, well, what about these walking guns? And he said, well, according to my definition, uh, we never walked any guns. <laughs> but he didn't give his definition of what walking guns was. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Newell, Bill Newell, if they would have given him qualified immunity and put some pressure on him, it would have gone right up the chain of command. That thing, Bill Newell couldn't find a convict in the penitentiary. Bill Newell was acting on direction from the Department of Justice. They were trying to lay a baseline. What happened as soon as Fast and Furious hit? Oh, we're going to ban all multiple sales of rifles along the border for two months or however long they did that. Um, That was a whole thing, I believe, um, from the beginning, he was just a puppet and a coward. And yeah, he suffered no consequences. They sent him back to Utah as a uh, organized crime coordinator or something, grade 14 with two years salary retention, which gave him his I-3, retired out, and nothing happened. That was a reward as far as I'm concerned. No, nothing yeah. close to a punishment. And as a matter of fact, an ATF agent, one of your brothers that helped uh, break that story, was punished. 
Oh, John Dodson? <laughs> yeah. Right? Right, yeah. Mike? I mean, yeah. that guy was oh, punished. John Gunch had caved in. Yeah, so when people are looking at this, when people are looking at this, I'll give you guys an example. And I'm not, Vince, I, I like you. If Whether people like you or don't like you, it doesn't matter to me. I like you. I like you. I've, I've, I've always liked Mike. Uh, Mike, I look at as like my, you know, my dad or something like that, you know. And the thing is, if you, if you, you know, you're, you're older than me, Mike, so you got to get that. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. I was looking to see if he caught that or not. Oh, I, I was going to say I grandpa, but, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, thanks. He could probably kick my butt, but let's, you know. Hey. Let me let me point out. You made my point perfectly. Mm-hmm. The haters of ATF out there, and and I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, trust me, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, for shooting ourselves in the foot. But what happened? An agent stepped up, laid his ass on the line, and came clean about all that shit. Ended up getting transferred a bunch of times they tried to go after him personally financially professionally they tried to undermine his uh character publicly and everything but at the end of the day he stood up and he said this is not what we're about we don't do this Mm -hmm. so i mean somebody your readers or your followers have to acknowledge that but for john dodson and a few others like mike and some of them Nobody would even know about this, but they were willing to take the the beating to go. Oh, this no, I drew the line. I draw the line. This I took an oath. Yeah. I when when it comes to when it comes to honor, I respect guys like Mike, yourself, and 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 John Dodson, John Dodson for doing what he did and taking the blows from that from his own fellow agents, right? From the yeah. from the guys that he served with, like turning their backs on him and all kinds of stuff. What, what I wanted to say to you was, and I'm not trying to paint you guys into a corner, but people, the, the people in general in America looking at all the things happening. Last year, for example, there were cities burning in America, cities burning. There were people protesting. The protests yeah. got uh, co-opted and, and the protests led to riots and cities burning and people dying. Now, that same thing happened uh, a week ago in D.C., and when that affected the, the politicians out there, they said, how dare we even think about approaching Congress and making them feel uncomfortable? How dare we do that? Now they want to impeach the president. They, they're, they're like deleting platforms. The hypocrisy and doing- runs deep. I didn't see one of those protesters at the Capitol, and I'm not condoning it, I'm just saying, I didn't see one of them walk out with a big screen TV. Nobody got new Nikes. Nobody's businesses got destroyed. No police officers were cowering in a building having Molotov cocktails thrown at them. So for them to compare what happened last week, oh, because it, like you said, it affected them. It was not okay. It was not good. But it was a Far cry from what happened in Minneapolis, Seattle, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, 
Far yeah. cry. There was there were people straight up murdered. There were people straight up murdered. People, uh, Antifa and other uh, thugs were out there basically uh, running uh, protection schemes on business owners and taking over people's houses and doing all kinds of stuff. And none of these none of these politicians did anything about it. No. Okay. Well, I mean, I think Trump's tried to do something. I'm not here to defend Trump we or anything agree like on that. that. <laughs> but he tried to do something. I can see with the DOJ ramping up and everybody's trying to get in the good graces of the new administration. Mm -hmm. ATF, FBI, they're all posturing to try to suck up to the Biden administration. Oh, we're going to prosecute to the nth degree these 170 people that went in there. You know, I got no problem with prosecuting them for trespassing or or whatever the violation is, you know, entering Congress without permission, mm -hmm. but trying to make these people out to be terrorists and anarchists, they were the most well-behaved rioters. My friend just told me, one of my ATF friends just said, dude, we get an F in rioting. Because yeah. they were respectful, they were, notwithstanding the couple incidents inside the Capitol, that was a pretty weak-ass protest. So how should the people look at this and where do you guys, I want to know what you think about this specifically, Vince, and then I also want to know what, what Mike thinks, what his thoughts on this. How should the people of America looking at this, how should they feel about this? Where is the line where you think they should say, no, we're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to allow our government to run over us. And, and even if they use, you know, law enforcement or federal agents or whatever to do that, we're not going to allow it. Like, where's the where is that line? Where's the point? I think we've probably hit that line. Um, there's so much craziness going on out there. But once you start, you know, I'm, I'm a closet military historian and I, I read a lot of books about the world wars and the things that led up to them. And, you know, um, with uh, Goebbels being the first one to start clamping down on, you know, media and putting the message out and controlling the message, this foolishness I've seen this week is sickening. And nobody I've talked to disagrees with me. Mm -hmm. Taking people off of social media only... Those who espouse one side can be accepted and the others are shut down. Our government cannot go that way because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nasty. Mm -hmm. So what do you um, what do you think, you know, what do you think you would do if you were the folks out there looking at this? And I'm not trying to get you to say something that, you know, I'm not trying to no, set you up I, or anything like that. I think no, people I'm have a right to be, to be angry. But I absolutely would hold the line. I would absolutely blow up my congressman, my senator's phones. I would, if there's a local uh, peaceful protest at a state capitol or a federal building in, a, in your city and Make, make it known so it stings when Biden and them come in. They know, be careful. Mm -hmm. Be careful. You're trotting on people's rights, and they're only going to take so much. Okay. Uh, Mike, what do you think about this? 
I think uh, we'll know we're in real real trouble, and uh, yeah, we'll know we're in trouble when we have police officers refusing to obey orders that they're given, when we have National Guard leaders that are refusing orders because they're saying it's not a lawful order, it's not doesn't fit our, with our Constitution. When we get to that point, then we know it's probably time for us to pick up our rifles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're a far way away from that right now. And uh, I can tell you one thing, if the Democrats continue on this course, like they are right now, to just burn all their bridges, uh, you have people talking about putting Trump supporters' kids in re-education camps, crap like that, nonsense like this. Um, It's just gonna add fuel to the fire. Yeah, I, I see this. So we're, that, we're still trying to swallow the results that that a guy that stayed in his basement for last year was able to trounce Trump handily in the election and that he had a bigger turnout of black voters, even more than came out to vote for Obama. Uh, Obama. Obama, either, either time. Excuse me, I, and I didn't mean to... Uh, mispronounce his name, Barack mm-hmm. Obama, mm-hmm. That, that we have black voters that are so enthusiastic about Joe Biden or hate Trump so much that they turned out in record numbers. No, I, I don't accept that. And and people say, well, there's no proof there was anything going off. You're like, well, hell there wasn't. It's just that we haven't been able to find the right federal judges to present that evidence to that could do something about it. We haven't been able to find anyone in law enforcement to even say, hey, can we take a pause? There's definitely some things that went wrong here. Look, I can tell you right now, there's still people in America that haven't received things that were sent out to them before Christmas. Why? Think about that. Uh, United States Post Office is has still lost things. These are the people who were handling handling ballots. We saw people posting videos that they were doing things. There was all this kind of evidence that went out there, uh, proof that that uh, voting machines were hacked, all kinds of stuff. And no one said, "Hey, let's take a look at this." Everyone, including Republicans, including Republicans, have turned their back on Americans. I'm not. Look, we all know that Democrats and the left is terrible, right? We all know what they're up to. The most heartbreaking thing, the thing that's the most discouraging to the people out there is that the folks they thought they were on their side have also turned their back on them. My understanding is they've impeached Trump again, right? Mm-hmm. With the support of Republicans, they've impeached a sitting president in his last week or uh, of presidency. Make no mistake, those um, that group of Republicans who tolerated Trump, rode on his coattail, um, never wanted him in there. He was cleaning up the swamp. He was exposing the corruption and the overspending and the foolishness in government, poor administration decisions before, they didn't want him in there. They're just like, well, he's our guy, so that's who we got to be with right now. But the minute they could cut and run, many of them have. Yeah, that's that's what we're seeing. Go ahead, Mike. Well, you know, he stepped on a lot of toes. I mean, you look at the names he called Lindsey Graham during the debates before he was elected, and Marco Rubio and, and 
and all those. Other I agree with every he, single name, but you know, the, he, I don't know if that makes he, it right, but I agree with it. He's bruised a lot of feelings and he's a rough, gruff guy. And that's how he, he worked as a businessman. That was his appeal to me was he was not a career politician. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at you, you get a freshman. He wasn't a politician, period. This was his first he, time ever right. doing so anything like that. You, you get a fresh freshman congressman that gets elected and, you, and they're full of fresh ideals and values and so forth. And six years later, they're a millionaire and they're as swampy as the rest of that group. How does that happen? Why does that happen? Uh, if they're making one hundred thirty thousand dollars a year as a congressman, how do they become a millionaire? Uh, it just doesn't make sense. But uh, Trump was the kind of guy. I mean, he couldn't be bought. He had all the money he needed, right? So, figure that's a perfect match. If he can run a business, he can run something like our government. And the thing about it is, is in a free market. You can't you can't find one thing the government can do better than free enterprise. You name it. Start with healthcare. Start with banking, um, uh, automobiles, anything. The government can't do something better than our free market enterprise. And if you want something to to drop in price, enter the competition factor. Uh, that was the thing that appealed to me about Trump. Did I care that you know that he? He said, yeah, all you grab these girls by their yoo-hoos and stuff. I could care less because I'm a guy. I've been in locker rooms. I know how guys talk when they're alone. But we also know what those guys have done. They've done like all the all these people, especially the Me Too folks, have done a lot of terrible things themselves, like actual terrible things, not just talking about it. Well, is on the. He's the overseer of the uh, impeachment process. Mm-hmm. The dude employed his little hoe girlfriend, a Chinese communist, for five years. FBI not doing anything about that. Nothing. You know what yeah. I hope? And this, Mike will understand this. Because I'm close with the Terry family, um, very close. If his only last act, I hope he does a lot of things. I hope he declassifies a ton of shit. But if he would just lift that uh, presidential uh, executive privilege with Eric Holder over Fast and Furious and release those documents and showing that Eric Holder lied under oath to Congress and everything else, which we already know, I would feel somewhat um, proud you know, then mm-hmm. at least somebody got justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mike, what do you now, say to that? I, I, I don't know if you guys saw it yesterday, but apparently uh, President Trump released a video yesterday and it, it showed him at, at the podium making his speech. And it was parts of it were cut from different speeches. But basically, the end of the video says, just wait for January 20th. And it makes me want to think that he's going to release some information. This is not a guy that's going to go out with a whimper. Mark. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, and, and he, he's, he's not going to uh, take the nuclear suitcase and start dropping bombs on people or anything. But he's going to release some very important information. And at that point in time, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, people are going to need to make a decision. Does this information change the way I look at politics or 
do I do I hate Trump so much that I'm just glad he's out of office? And I don't care that this congressman has sex with little boys. I don't care that this guy made $10 million off a contract that was foreign aid to a different mm -hmm. country and he got that money in the kickback. Or that we're That's, selling, we're, some of these guys are selling uh, military secrets to enemies of, of our country. Right, right. Um, those, it's gonna, it's gonna be a challenging time coming up here in the new future. As for what Trump does, I would hope, I would love to see Trump start a third political party because the, our our grand old party needs to be refreshing. It's not. Yeah, it is. Not. It's not. It, it, you look at uh, uh, Mitch McConnell. Holy smokes! He needs to be gone. He needs to be out of there. Um, we all know what well, Nancy Pelosi needs to back, do. Mike, they're getting the swamp back. Yeah, that's that's what they're doing. And that that would be my hope is that that Trump spends his his energy on developing a, a, a third party that is going to be so dynamic and so significant and so relevant that people just leave the Republican Party and go to whatever his party is called. I hope he does that instead of yeah. developing a new TV show or something. I, I would uh, say I would say so. If uh, I've said this before, I would say that no one needs to feel sorry for Trump. He came in like a man. He's going to go out like a man. And he 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 is. The president of the United States of America, and he will. They can never remove that. I think. I think that's a good thing that you're saying, Mike. I would like to see him help develop more people to replace the swamp that's out there. Mm -hmm. Not just like trying to run. He was president. He's president right now. You know whether they take him out of there, kicking and and scratching and, and and whatever, or he he walks out of there proudly. No one could take that away from him. Only forty-five mofos. Have ever done that, right? So he and he's done and he's done it. And what we need to do is think about the future, like our kids, grandkids, our friends and family going forward from this, living in America and preserving what is the American dream. This is the best place on the face of the planet. I think personally did a good job considering all the things that happened and considering that we've never seen anything like this, not even when Obama was in office, did we see a president be attacked every single day of his presidency, you know? But we've got to move on because it's the folks on his side that were the most destructive, those Republicans in that party that didn't want him to be the nominee in the first place, you know, that we see right now in these last days, like just it's 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 like uh, Caesar and, and Brutus or something. Everyone's taking a chance at the knife and, and sticking the knife in on the way out. Well, you know, the thing is about them shutting off his Twitter and his Facebook account. It's. Uh, uh, those people that are for that and those people that congratulate that are the people that have something to hide or are afraid of him. They're very afraid of him right now. They're terrified of what he might drop before he leaves office. Mm -hmm. And uh, I hope he does. Oh, I, I can't imagine him not doing that. What person had, so when they kicked Trump off of Twitter, he had 88 million. He was headed towards 100 million people following him on Twitter. Are you guys aware of that? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> that is scary. But and we but, are we're scary because because of that. Ayatollah Khomeini can have a Twitter account. For sure. For sure.
you know. Um, okay, so I know, I know, Vince. You know, we've got you here for maybe like eight minutes. So I do want to get to some of the um, some of the stuff from the last time, and we put up stuff. I don't oh, know. Did if- you want to talk about my book, Rat Snake? <laughs> sure, mean- absolutely. I can show it. <laughs> you know, I can absolutely show the book. Lola has thrown up links to both Rat Snakes as well as Mike Daddy's books, Operation Wide Receiver, and Guns Across the Border. There's um, links and things like that that Lola has thrown up here. Um, you know, when you were on, we talked about a, a bunch of different things, right? So one of those videos was uh, who does the ATF go after, which actually wound up being, I'm going to throw it up on the screen. This happened like maybe a month ago, I think you were on. And um, that video, let's see, I'm going to pull it up right here and we'll look, take a look at the stats. So that video has 144,000 views, <laughs> you know, um, and, and I asked you the question. I think we asked the question, who does the ATF go after? You answered that question. Lots of people got mad. <laughs> Lots of things happened there. Um, you know, I think to paraphrase what you said, you said the ATF goes after the bad guys. Um, in, in light of the things that the ATF has been doing since then, you know, um, do you still feel that way, that they're just going after the bad guys? I'm, I'm extremely worried about the future for the ATF. Um, we're sort of in a, a leaderless, we're like in a rudderless ship. Uh, we have an acting director who has her own agenda. The deputy director, the number two guy, was found to have perjured himself during some of the J. Dobbins stuff. I mean, that was the OIG, not me. Um, they're bureaucrats and I'm afraid they're going to cave to whatever winds blow. And if the new administration comes in and says, you need to start, you know, we're going to get a magazine, uh, tax or we're going to, um, outlaw these, uh, uh, AR where we need you to start going. That's not the mission of ATF. And they should say, look, you know what? Pass a law pass a law, amend the Gun Control Act to include anyone who's bought a uh, AR-15 pistol, well, then the law is the law. But you know as well as I do, it'd take forever and they're never going to pass that law. But a bunch of executive orders or a bunch of pressure from the administration to uh, create criminals out of previously law-abiding citizens, that's not going to bode well for the agency. And it's going to meet with resistance, and it's going to be a horrible scenario. If I were the director, I'd say, look, we got the laws on the books, convicted felons, dope dealers, whatever, et cetera, et cetera, are not allowed to possess firearms. You got to register machine guns. That's what we're enforcing. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond that, Hand me a, a United States code, an amendment to the Gun Control Act, and we will enforce that too. Until then, we're not your whipping dog. We're not your puppies. We're not going to go out and pursue an agenda. I'm just afraid that we don't have the leadership in ATF right now that would stand that ground and the autonomy, the apolitical view. So here's here's um. Uh, Flying Rich gave us a couple of bucks. He says politics is just showbiz for the ugly. 
Um, <laughs> that's his statement. Uh, one of the things I would think is any more laws, like you said, pass a law, right? What I would say is the laws we already have are infringements on the Second Amendment. Any more laws are going to be further infringements on the Second Amendment. And Biden, if you look at his plan that he has to go after the Second Amendment, me personally, I'm not planning on complying with any of that. So they can it pass be, all the laws it they be want. Unconstitutional, and I don't think people need worry because I think they'll be tied up in the courts until this administration has come and gone. Mm -hmm. um, they're not compliance. Pass the laws. Mm -hmm and get the support of the disarm, honest, law-abiding citizens. Mm -hmm. They might make our lives miserable a little bit and create a bunch of drama, but at the end of the day, without a law, I don't, I don't believe the current laws are unconstitutional. We'll disagree, agree to disagree on that mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the Second Amendment. I don't think the Second Amendment was meant for convicted felons or assholes or criminals to be able to possess guns. Um, I don't think it was meant for drug dealers to be able to arm themselves or bank robbers or anybody else to arm themselves. That that wasn't the intention of the Second Amendment, never was. Um, I think there's a lot of laws now that are not just, first of all, criminals don't care what the laws are. Bad correct. guys, drug dealers, thugs, you know, those assholes out there you're talking about, they don't care about the laws. It's the but it's the law-abiding citizen. Well, but the law-abiding citizens are suffering for the laws that exist out there. And then there's states that are just straight up not allowing American citizens to have access to their Second Amendment rights. So to me, right. that's why I feel that way. But that's not a that's not an issue of federal jurisdiction or ATF jurisdiction. We enforce the federal gun laws, which if you read them, they're pretty fair. They're pretty reasonable for the most part. Not to say there aren't things that could be tweaked, but generally speaking, um, they're aimed at public safety. Okay. But the bad guys don't follow those laws, and that's why we have prison sentences and what have you. Okay, so for example, last time you were on the show, you said that you have um, an AR pistol, right? You have one no, of those. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> oh, you said that. This well, video... I did, but, but my boat sank. <laughs> right, okay, yes. And as I said, as an ATF agent, as a former ATF agent, however you want to look at it, you know, you're not allowed that excuse. But if we, if it comes to that, that they decide to go after uh, braces even, for example. Uh, is this something that you plan on complying with and going along with? I, I'd comply with the law. I don't know that I'd comply with an executive order or some ruling mm -hmm. by ATF laws dialed up in the courts and being contested at every level, which it will be. Mm -hmm. Do you have... You know, at the end of the day, if it went through the courts and the Supreme Court or whoever, however that process went through, and they ruled them to be illegal, I would probably comply with that, if it was that specific. If they said all guns have to be registered, pay taxes, blah, 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 and magazines, yeah, you know what, good luck, you better have a search warrant. Okay. All right, Mike, did you want to reply to that? 
Oh, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty close on that. Like I said, mm-hmm. um, probably before we started uh, the show, mm-hmm. uh, ATF initially approved these. If you remember back in 2013, these were called the SIG braces. The first, uh, the first guns that these pistols that look like AR-15s have these braces were made by SIG. And uh, I saw those at the NRA show, and I said, holy moly, that's legal? Mm-hmm. Good deal. And then somewhere a couple years later, ATF came out and said, you know what? Uh, these are legal until you put them against your shoulder to shoot. Now, that's not legal. And then maybe a year, year and a half later, they came out and said, you know what? Yeah, you can put those against your shoulder and shoot them. That's where we're at right now, despite what happened uh, in the last two or three months, where one eight uh, office uh, issued a letter that said the, uh, is it the uh, honey badger? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so one of, was an illegal gun. Yeah. So one of the things, if I could just like speak on this and Vince, I don't know if you got a couple of minutes to bear with us. We are. Yeah, I got a minute or two, man. I got bailed. OK. All right. So one of the things that happened, I think, initially when the ATF approved the uh, stabilizing brace, it was that specific design, that old, ugly one that people folks didn't like. And I think that after that, um, you know, an industry was created around that. You know, we, I think we can very fairly say that industry was created by SB Tactical. What happened is that after that, you know, there, were, there was requirements that every new version of that they put out there be further approved of by the ATF. And I believe that SB Tactical said they try to get clarification on exactly what were the parameters for that, right? Because, because now you would have to send in a gun with a, with, a, with a new brace on it, and the ATF has to look at it. If they say, no, this is no good, you've got to start all over again, and that gets expensive. They didn't do that. Um, SB Tactical was being told by the ATF, these new braces, if you put them on AR pistols, they become SBRs. They ignored that. Other folks were out there making things and did get approval letters for the new things. But there were cases where these new things that were being put out there that were licensed from SB Tactical were um, were seen as SBRs. They were showing up in, and people were getting arrested and charged with crimes. And the ATF was coming in and saying, this thing is not the same as that original brace. And that's really how we got to this situation that we're in now, because the ATF is saying, well, these new things are really stocks. They, they kind of, they're making them look like a, you know, like something that goes over your arm and can stabilize it, but it's not really that. And then even as you said, a lot of people just started doing it because, hey, I don't have to get do the $200 tax stamp. This is a this is an end run. But so there's this is what this is how this situation is really becoming an issue right now. And even the ATF is saying those original ugly, no one likes them <laughs> braces that can that are more flexible and can go over your arm. Those are fine. <laughs> But a lot of these new ones are not. And I think I believe that's what happened with Q because Q licensed their, the newer ones from SB Tactical, not knowing that SB Tactical did not get uh, approval letters from the ATF. And this somebody went on for years. Needs, somebody just needs to call the director and say you're not a, an elected uh, person to the legislature. Stop trying to make laws. Make fair rulings. When you make a ruling, stick with it. Mm-hmm. It's ain't rocket science. We create our own problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, 
We create them because depending on who's in office. None of this SBR stuff with these arm braces were mentioned. They've been out for years. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard nothing about it. My friends have been telling me, oh, you got to buy one of these, you got to buy one of these, you got to buy one of these. And then when it became apparent that the new administration was going to, like, hamper that, I went out and bought one. Yeah. So, yeah, I, with that, I agree. I mean, you know, and apparently the the uh, ATF was just sitting on it, not doing anything about it publicly and maybe but just privately. A, yeah, a political advantage to making noise. Yeah. Well, that's not what a law enforcement agency is supposed to do. No, just clarify this. Even if you've made it public now, clarify it and let let corporate let companies out there that want to be in this business know what the parameters are so that they can function. Exactly. And then if Congress wants to step in and outlaw them, and amend, which would be a total nightmare, it would never happen. They could never amend the Gun Control Act to do that. Um, there you have it. Yeah, yeah. Listen, um, I, I don't want to, because I know you have the surgery, man, and, and there's, yeah, a, lot, go, there's man. a lot of folks saying good luck to you with the surgery. Hope everything oh, goes well. It. Please let us know. I would love to have you back on. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna say a prayer for you, man. That you appreciate, it, Get through that, and you come back and you kick just as many asses <laughs> as you've been doing. Hey, Mike, talk to you soon, buddy. All right, thanks Good so luck. much, Semper Vince. Fi. Thank you, Semperfly, brother. All right, Vince. <laughs> uh, Vince was cool. Uh, uh, you know, big thanks to him for uh, coming on here, <laughs> even though he has that surgery going on tomorrow. Uh, I meant that. I hope that everything goes well um, for him with that. I know it's a tough deal. I've been there myself. I know you have several times, Mike. Yeah. If I could say something, and, and uh, I wish I had a chance to say this while Vince was on, mm-hmm. but I really owe him a debt of gratitude long before uh, we had ever met electronically. Uh, mm-hmm. Still haven't met in person. Mm-hmm. Um Due to his problems with ATF leadership, and Vince is a guy who ran afoul of ATF leadership because he exercised some morality and integrity in that they asked him to do an illegal wiretap against some very bad people. And he said, that's not how we do it. Mm -hmm. And that's what uh, was the start of his problems. Ultimately, he started a website called cleanupatf.org. And it was through that website that I met Cheryl Atkinson, who was actually the first mainstream reporter to break the Fast and Furious story. The first one to interview John Dodson. And uh, about a month after she interviewed John, she interviewed me, uh, a nice lady. And at that time in my life, I want to say that that extra bright spotlight that was put on me, thanks to Cheryl Atkinson, uh, is probably one of the main reasons I'm still here to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, again, Vince, if you happen to watch this in replay while you're recuperating, thank you again for cleanupatf.org. Uh, I think you're a hell of a guy. Yeah, uh, well said, Mike. I think you're making a really good point. I know a lot of people want to hate on him, and they think he's just that guy. We have that conversation here where folks say, look, law enforcement, they're just gonna they're just going to follow orders I understand what you guys are saying, and you're probably true a lot of the time. But if if we're upset about that, I think we also have to um, give some kind of respect to the law enforcement officers that don't do that. 
and realize the price that they pay. I mean, you know, because he did that, this guy was sidelined for a long time. You know, I'm not trying to say it. it, it yeah, it ruined his career. I mean, it, yeah. it ended his career. Yeah. And, and not in a very nice way. And, and the same thing for John Dotson. But um, uh, some people just looked at it as as, uh, oh, great. You know, I'm going on a paid vacation. Mm-hmm. Not these guys. These guys want to get there and go to work. Mm-hmm. They want to catch bad guys. That's mm-hmm. what they were built for. That's in their DNA. And it was taken away from them. And the reason they do that is because they understand that's the most important thing in those people's lives and in their careers. So let's take it away from them. It's what it happened to to Vince. It happened to John. It also happened to uh, Jay Dobbins. Yeah. If you guys want to read the book or even look it up, you'll see that he was basically they try to move him to Alaska when his kids were just finishing high school. There's so many things they did to him. They literally at the end, they had him working from his home, you know, just sitting there collecting a paycheck, doing nothing. And people might think, oh, that's awesome. When it comes to guys, I think like you and Vince, obviously you don't want to live your lives. That's maybe an old school thing nowadays. But who wants to live their life getting paid to do nothing, right? We want to die with our boots on, fighting something. You know, I, I may have told you this before, but it's been two or three years ago. I had lunch with John Dotson, and uh, I had sent him a message. Said, "Hey, I know you're in Tucson now, and that's where I live." Um, I'd love to meet you in person and have lunch. And and we did. We arranged. We, we met to have lunch. And no sooner did we sit down than his phone starts blowing up. And he says, it's like this every day. You know, he's, there's nothing for me to do. They don't give me anything to do. I go to lunch and all of a sudden they need me back at the office right away. And they blow up my phone until I get back there. And then I get back there and there's nothing for me to do. He says, it's just uh, continual harassment. I said, why don't you just quit, dude? Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted, but they wanted to break how, it. How bad do you need it? Mm-hmm. He said, he said uh, listen, when I, when I go into work, uh, uh, people turn around and look at me. They turn their backs to me. If they're having a conversation, they stop talking. I, he said, uh, the only reason I keep going is because I know it bothers them more for me to be there than it bothers me to be there. Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, I'm going to keep going. I'll do my job to the best of my ability and screw him. Yeah. And, so, uh, that's, it's, it's man, it's it's man shit. It's man have. shit, Mike. Man shit. Yeah. <laughs> right? You didn't, you yeah. know, a lot of people, lots lots of things have happened to you. I know you personally. Um, lots of things have happened to you. Man, you get up every day and kick ass. That's what that's what I like about you. Well, I appreciate you saying that. It, uh, uh, perseverance has always been a strong trait in mm-hmm. me and my family. And uh, thank God I was born with that quality. Uh, there's been a lot of times where I've just been so disgusted and disparaged. That I thought, why go work out? Let's just sit on the couch. And, uh, in the end, who does that help? Who does it hurt? You know, mm-hmm. uh, working out something I enjoy doing. You've seen my home gym and, mm-hmm. and uh, I make good use of it. Now that I got this new dog who drags me out for a run every day, um, it it's my best way of relieving anxiety and uh, working with my demons. Yeah. You're like, I always, so there's a car, there's a car, a comic book character that you always remind. It's something I want to say it's something dog or something that someone's going to know, but you always, you're like that old junkyard dog that's taking a licking, but he still keeps (laughs) taking, if you come into the junkyard, (laughs) 
<laughs> you are getting <laughs> torn up. <laughs> I remember you told me that when you were here. But, um, <laughs> and I admire I'll that take about that you. The compliment. Yeah, it's it is a compliment, man. I I like tough people. You know. So you know, going back to my story. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, when I received news that ATF had released my name and the court documents and now the, not just the lawyers are the bad guys, but the bad guys knew that I had been me that actually mm-hmm. set them up. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, one day they got discovery and saw videos of me selling them guns in my living room and audio recordings and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, at first I just wanted to crawl under a rock mm-hmm. and I thought, you know what? This is not the way I'm going now. I'll go out guns a-blazing, screw them all. And if something happens and I get killed in my house or I kill five bad guys in my driveway, ultimately, it is ATF's responsibility for the way they handled this. So I'm going to take this mess. I'm going to make it as messy as I can because I'm the most vindictive person in this world. And I'm going to teach him a lesson. That was that was kind of my attitude and still my attitude. Yeah. For folks who don't know, and I really do encourage you guys to go check out Mike Deddy's book, um, you know, not just because he's my friend, but if you're a gun guy, uh, you really need to take a look at uh, Operation. I'm going to throw it up here real quick for a second for folks out Thank there. You. Yes, uh, I might, you know, say whatever you want to say, but. Um, I think you guys should support uh, Mike here and figure out what exactly happened to him. Um, it's it's also an audiobook. I think Lola's got links and things like that in the description, and she'll throw those up. Um, if you don't know, I'm just going to paraphrase this really quick or, or make this short, and then Mike can elaborate on it. Basically, the uh, there were folks coming to Mike was an FFL. I think you still are an FFL, right? Uh, actually, I'm out, I, I have an FFL, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not in business anymore. I have an FFL, so gun companies can send me guns to do reviews for the magazines. That's that's the only okay. Uh, so so you he, okay. So you were an FFL. You were selling guns. You were doing like the gun show thing, and there were folks coming to him that he thought was suspicious. He went to the ATF at the time that the ATF had decided to run this secret operation of letting guns walk, and they convinced Mike to go undercover and help them. And uh, Mike did that, and including uh, making uh, letting these guys uh, from the cartel, from the Mexican cartels, make uh, buys at his home. At his home. So when Mike says that they later, the ATF just put him out there, what happened is that these folks from cartels went to his home where he still lives. You know, and and, yeah, yeah, he lives there. And they were made aware that this is the person who, um, who, who did this, right? And those guys are out there and Mike is out there living in the same place. So just try to put yourself in that mindset uh, for a couple of minutes. And think, would you actually do that? And I've been to Mike's place. Mike is not just saying, you know, he's he's there. He's prepared. I, I would feel I'm not going to feel bad for those guys, but they're going to have a bad day. <laughs> they better pack a lunch. Yeah, they're going to have a bad day um, trying to get up in there. So and we're going to get into this. I know B Tamp wanted to know what surgery um, Vincent was having. I think he said thoracic, right? Uh, he said something about uh, splaying open his juggler, I guess, to clean it out, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's uh, you know, he's done a lot of hard living, <laughs> you know. And no, uh, the, the, the thing about being a, a successful undercover, undercover agent is mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, he really didn't have to act. No. I mean, other than the, the breaking the law part, mm-hmm. he didn't really have to act because he walked the walk and he talked the talk. He stood there with a cigarette in the side of his mouth and uh, mm-hmm. probably drinking a, a Jack Daniels. If you read his book, and I did as soon as it came out, um, there are some really hilarious moments mm-hmm. and uh, the little bit of what people got to see of Vince on your podcast. Uh, there's, there's one, uh, story in there about him, uh, him and Jay Dobbins were supposed to infiltrate a militia. And, uh, one of these guys thought he was a super badass tough guy. <laughs> and he said something that rubbed Vince the wrong way. Vince put him in a headlock and stuck his 45 in his ear mm-hmm. until the guy started crying. And that's just one of many mm-hmm. humorous events that, uh, that happened that he, talks about in the book yeah he really i think uh he really lives he's still living it obviously like it wasn't yeah yeah and he says he it's weird right um and by the way smash the thumbs ups for the folks who are out there okay i appreciate you guys hanging out with us mike uh we're gonna get into some of mike's story right now but smash those thumbs ups uh i appreciate you guys being in here big shout out to harry's holsters that sponsors the podcast he makes uh uh what I think are the best Kydex holsters out there. You can use the code uh, Hank Strange and get ten percent off. Um, the the difference, like with with you two guys, is what I kept thinking about. Like all the similarities with you and Vince, and then all the differences. I kept thinking about that when I was listening to that audiobook because Vince, the beginning of it, he was he was like a bad kid. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing, right? Nobody in, in in his book. One of the things that really made me laugh were he was working an undercover case, and he met a guy at a restaurant, and he looks over, and here's the priest from his parish mm-hmm. that knew him growing up, that knew him to be just a shithead kid, right? Like him, right? <laughs> so when the, when when the bad guy went to the bathroom, he went over and just whispered in the guy in the priest series of like. Hey, I'm a cop now, and I'm working a case. So please, you know, don't acknowledge me or anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the priest eyes got big like, because he's really like, he's, he's a cop now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a, he was in juvie. He was getting arrested and getting into trouble. Um, and then he switched his life around and went into the Marines. And I think to to flip that back to you, you weren't you weren't a bad kid, right? When you were growing up, you were like the all American type kid. I think growing well, up, well, you know. I, Actually, it's going to sound corny to say this, but uh, my biggest fear as a kid growing up is that I would do something that the cops came to the house and told my mom and dad, Mm -hmm. hey, you know, your kid's up to no good or something. Mm -hmm. That was a that was really the thing I feared most. And it wasn't because they would beat me or spank me or -hmm. or punish me. It would be because I disappointed them. Mm -hmm. And I didn't I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be a disappointment to my parents. And uh, my original career goal after college was I wanted to go into the Marines and and do at least one contract, maybe two. And then I wanted to go into the FBI. And uh, unfortunately, I uh, ended up taking a medical discharge. And uh, I knew that would preclude me from federal service as far as the FBI goes. So I didn't follow that path. Instead, I I joined my, my father's company. He had a a sports medicine company. And I, I worked there for uh, 17 years till my older brother got control of it. Mm-hmm. But um, so 
with my story, I guess there was always that um, unfulfilled dream of being a, being an agent. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's why I took this uh, gun trafficking thing so seriously was because I had to prove to myself that I was capable of doing that, that I that I could sit down at a table with cartel guys and make them think that I was just as screwed up and badass as they were. And the one thing that, that always surprised me is even though we had wiretap, we ATF had wiretaps, mm-hmm. there was never an instance where these guys were talking and said, Hey, you think Mike is, is like, uh, a cop or something never happened. In fact, one of the guys, uh, he was talking to somebody on the phone. Uh, he thought there was some kind of listening device in his garage and in his garage is where he would take his car apart and stash these rifles before he crossed the border. Mm -hmm. He actually started taking drywall out of his garage, looking for a bug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of took that as a compliment. I thought, geez, yeah. maybe I should, maybe I should go to Hollywood or something, you know? Yeah. Well, I think you probably did a good job of scaring those guys uh, just from listening to, to uh, in the book, some of the things that came up on the wiretaps. Um, but, you know, you could probably, I think I could see how people could think you're a scary guy, right? Cause you know, you're probably the movie stereotype. Of a you know I've uh, look for a long time in movies especially in the eighties, they were bad guys that looked like you and I think that's what was operating uh, with those guys right that you kind of look like Vince looks like in the movie he's caricatured or a character type of the bad guy, <laughs> right you know right. Yeah. for sure but you kind of look like that you know oh this is a tough old bastard I don't even really want to mess with this guy. Who knows? So, and I think they were buying into that. You must have been doing a good job of putting that forward, even though because you were so like uh, when, when I when I think about your history, you know, you said your dad did stuff in sports medicine. He he was known in sports, right? For the folks who follow football. Yeah, dad. Dad was the head trainer for the Philadelphia Eagles from uh, nineteen sixty three to nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he's the inventor, the originator of the neoprene sports brace. Mm-hmm. So uh, the last few years he was with the Eagles, he had this company that he started. And he was actually supplying all the NFL teams and college teams with these products. Uh, he decided to, to quit working for the Eagles and go into this full time and, and did. And actually it was a, it was a, a blessing for our family because at one time it employed uh, everybody in our family, uh, mm-hmm. myself, my siblings, uh, the only one that wasn't smart enough to get involved was my mom. She was a school teacher and she finished 30 years at a local elementary school back in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, that's cool. I, it, it was a, a good adventure for me. I always felt bad that, uh, one, I didn't finish my commitment to the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was only because they wouldn't let me, but, uh, uh, two that I never had that adventure where I really got to go somewhere and, and uh, be in a hot zone or or uh, uh, be able, well say it the wrong way. I never felt that I was in a position to test myself where I would have my metal tested, and uh, I think that's an important thing for all of us, and 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 it's different for all of us. And uh, mm-hmm. for some people, that's it, it has to do with 
finances. For other people, it has to do with family relationships. For some people, it's substance. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have our challenges, and can we meet those challenges and and persevere? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's my story in in in, in uh, Reader's Digest version. Mm-hmm. But Operation Wide Receiver is uh, recounts the three years that I worked as a confidential source uh, for ATF uh, for the supposed reason of bringing down Mexican drug cartels. Um, do you think – well, let me see how I could pose this question. How come Hollywood never made a movie out of that or the things that happened? Do you think it's just like Hollywood's and that doesn't that's not a good story for them to tell right now or well yeah I th- I think you have to look at Hollywood and and you know getting a a, a pro military pro law enforcement uh, uh, story done is hard and there's some obvious uh, um, movies that that have been you know like American Sniper and so forth. Uh, that was a, a great movie about a great guy, a great American. Um, hard to say, you know, uh, we talked briefly about Jay Dobbins. Jay wrote a book called uh, No Angel that recounted his experience as an undercover agent. First one to infiltrate or to get patched into the Hells Angels. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wrote that book many years ago, maybe 12 or 15 years ago. And I think he's still talking to studios. I don't think it's as easy as as one might imagine. Mm-hmm. Might be different now that we have uh, Amazon Prime and so forth that are making their own movies Netflix. and doing their own yeah. finance and yeah. stuff. Um, Those guys don't say no to movie deals. So, so Jay Dobson, you you're speaking of Dobbins. Him. Yeah. Dobbins. Okay, so that's a different person from and, who? And John Dot and John Dotson. Oh, okay. Jay Dobbins was was the undercover of the Hell's Angels. John John Dotson uh, is the one who uh, uh, became the whistleblower regarding Fast and Furious. Oh, okay, and so the Jay that you're talking about, I think he was in Vincent's uh, book, right? Was he mentioned? Yes. Yes. Okay. So several times. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I've got to try to get him on here one of these days. So you're you're friends with him. I know him. Oh, you know um, him. Okay. And, and I, I consider him a friend, whether that's mutual or not. I don't know. Jay's a very intense, solemn dude. Mm-hmm. Good guy. I like him because he epitomizes everything I think a federal agent should be or had, had been. Mm-hmm. And uh, the same people that screwed me over are the same, the same exact group of people that screwed him over mm-hmm. long story short um the hell's angels came and burned his house down one night when he was away mm-hmm. and his wife and kids were there atf executives tried to frame him as burning down his own house to promote his book what Instead of investigating to yeah. find out who really and catching those people, um, mm. there's a certain amount of uh, animosity and jealousness and pettiness among that leadership who felt he was getting uh, too many interviews and too many uh, uh, stories on the news and so forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, 
they decided to make him the bad guy. Uh, he sued the government a bunch of times. He's won a bunch of times. Uh, but like he told me, he said he talked to one of the government's lawyers one day before the, the, the trial began. And the lawyer said, you're going to win today, Jay. So you, there's no doubt you're going to win. And, and you're absolutely right with this lawsuit. But we got hundreds of lawyers. And we got all the time in the world. And we have an unlimited budget. Hmm. Can you keep up with us? Mm-hmm. So that's every what time the government before, told him. They could just keep coming at him. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's what, that's exactly what happened. He did win that day. And then it went to appeals court and shot down. And then, uh, you know, it, in the end, he ended up with nothing. I mean, basically he sued the government for not uh, providing him protection from these people that were trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's oh man. Um, you know what? I don't know if it's possible, but I would I would absolutely um, you know invite him if he does this kind of stuff to come here on the show. Let me switch for a little bit. Richard Maunder sure. from over in England. Uh, shout out to Richard Maunder. It's late over there, and he's still up uh, watching us, and I appreciate that. Lots of folks watch us live overseas and also listen to the audio side of the podcast. He says, I was amazed that 13 Hours ever got made um, into a film. <laughs> um, that's the whole Benghazi story, right? Um, right. And right. we've and we've had Tig from uh, from Benghazi on. Um, and, um, uh, who was, uh, I forget the name of, uh, Tig's a good guy. Yeah. Tig's a real cool dude. And what's the name of the other guy that, um, oh, you have Oz and Tonto. Tonto. Yes. I've been on Tonto's podcast, but he wasn't there, but I've, I've hung out and spent some time with Tonto. Yeah. That's a crazy, that's another crazy thing somewhere along mm-hmm. the lines of what we're talking about where, you know, uh, the, the government officials and the government itself, lets down the folks who actually go out there and uh, put their lives on the line to maintain whatever this illusion is that we have of freedom in America, right? Right, right. And, you know, when I said earlier that I didn't take the the retribution and stuff that was shown to me personally, uh, same thing for Chris Stevenson. Is Stevenson or Stevens, the ambassador that was killed Mm -hmm. over there, Mm -hmm. He was just a sacrifice. He was just the wrong guy in the right place to best suit their purposes. And, hey, Chris, nothing personal, but we're going to let you get killed tonight. Sorry. And uh, those those guys that were at the CIA compound, they weren't supposed to go over there. And they were ordered by by the director over there, don't go over Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And they said, screw you, we're going over there. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately... The delays, they got there a little bit late, but, um, yeah, it's a crazy story. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know I know. Uh, just from hanging out with Tig and talking to him, and he came on the podcast before and talked about it, I mean, man. And to think, you know, like, Tig is a big, tough guy, right? You know, yeah. when you're talking about tough guys, he's a tough guy, but he's always such, like, a happy-go-lucky person. I've never been around him and been able to, like, stay miserable. He's always happy and laughing and stuff, but I don't think people really realize how much damage he took in that whole thing and how that's yeah. like lasting through his whole life and that he has to stay, maintain that level, 
knowing that there's people in his country that would have rather that none of those guys made it back here. Right. You know, Um, it's crazy. And I think that that's what a lot of us are dealing with and trying to in in these days. I'm talking to so many gun guys. I don't know if you feel that way. Right. But I'm talking to a lot. I was on We Like Shooting the other day and uh, Sean from We Like Shooting was saying, man, you know, in all my life, this is the one time where I'm really worried about America. Well, I think everybody's in that boat, that boat right now. It's just uh, with this last election and, and listen, I don't care who you are, but how can you not feel like this was stolen from us, that this was taken away? I guess now we know how Hillary felt, right? It's like it was a sure thing. And then it was like pulled they, right out of her hands. Well, I mean, <laughs> it was it was undeniable. It was undeniable then. But they weren't prepared for what Trump did. I mean, these guys were really prepared for Trump to lose. And I'm sure they tried to do things back then. And it was overridden. And in a lot of places, it was still overridden. But these guys learned lessons from the last time. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. and we have to be a lot smarter the next time. And but you know what? With them controlling Congress and the Senate, how can we pass any kind of reasonable uh, voter bill? You know that, mm-hmm. that you know one person, one vote. Yeah. Let's let's be an American citizen. Let's be here legally. Let's be at this legal address, and uh, let's cast this vote, and let's have it count. It's uh, the point is right right now is my feeling is like why even bother? You know. Really? So do you ever do you think this, you know, from your point of view, I'm very interested in knowing what do you think can be done to to give back people confidence um, in the voting system that we have? Because, I mean, I feel we're we're just the same as like any third world country. You know how uh, Jimmy Carter is always going to those third world countries and trying to make sure the vote is fair. (laughs) Right. He needs to somehow start doing that here. (laughs) What, What do you think could be done to make that happen? You know, it's hard to say, and it's like so many different stories were out about this one from from somebody running the same ballot through repeatedly, mm-hmm. you know, um, and to others that had, uh, oh, there's a story on Facebook I saw about skinny Joey Merlino in Philadelphia mm-hmm. that uh, that he was paid $30,000 to have a bunch of old ladies fill out ballots. Mm-hmm. and. The only name they were checking was the presidential one. The rest of it was blank. Mm-hmm. And that was good enough. Just do it fast. And he paid each of them a thousand dollars that night, supposedly. Yeah, look at look uh, at the um look at the Project Veritas stuff that came out well before the elections on what Elon Omar was doing in uh, her state. Did you see any of that stuff? No, I didn't. They were basically so Elon Omar, her constituency are basically her people. Um, who came over to this country just the same way that she did. And they were going around and taking these people's ballots and making them vote a certain way and paying them to vote and basically strong arming them to vote. And Project Veritas exposed that. And no one investigated that thing, to my knowledge. Right. Yeah. You know, and then and then obviously we see all of this and no one's still investigating it. Um, and, and it doesn't look like they're going to change anything in America when it comes to voting. And we have. We have the we have the means, the ways and the means in America. You know, I was joking about Jimmy Carter. Right. But I mean, seriously, we we've got the ways and the means in America to make a fair system of voting. And it's not about like who I want to become president has to be the president. I think we've all lived and seen um, a world run by people who we didn't vote for. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, yeah. is it time? Is it time for someone to go out? <laughs> no, I just let him in. So he, oh, he, oh, he just came back in. Now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. Is is and why isn't this stuff being investigated? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, if if Trump had won a, a second election, but there were these rumors about it. Wouldn't there be a bunch of people jumping up and down to have investigations about this? It's just, as a, as a conservative, as a Republican, maybe even as a libertarian, there's a whole different set of rules for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, so this uh, purge that's going on right now, are you affected any, in any way? Um, did you ever get on Parler? I know you don't do a lot of social media stuff. I know if we're friends on Facebook. You get right. into any of this? <laughs> I, I, I do have a Twitter account, and mm. I can honestly say I think the only thing that I've ever uh, tweeted was um, articles of mine that were published in online somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. You know, I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on there. I probably spend too much time on Facebook because I'm comfortable with it and it's easy to navigate. Um I'm not on not on Parler and uh, MeWe or any of those others. Do you do a YouTube? I don't. No, okay. I never did. Mm-hmm. So what's what's your vision here, man? How do you do you think about that at all? Or do you just like do your thing every day and try to ignore this? Or what's your vision for the direction that the country is going to go now? Well, it's scary. I, I mean, you know, we just got a shit sandwich and we're, we're being told to shut up and be happy with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said earlier, I, I, I think the, the, the critical thing for us to look at is when law enforcement and military people start disobeying direct orders because they view them as not being lawful orders or Constitution compliant orders. And if we start to get that tip where people leave federal agencies, where they leave even state police agencies, local police agencies, where people are leaving the military and coming over to the other side. Yeah, that's, it's gonna be a sad time for us. And uh, it it may be we're at the point where our country needs that. So you're saying that's like a bellwether for folks to look out for then? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. What do you think is the future of the firearms industry? So that I don't know. What are we, what's today like thirteenth uh, or something like that? You know, right. in the next yeah. in the next week or so, we should be going to Shot Show. I should be bumping into you somewhere around Shot Show. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. But it's canceled. So yeah. Uh, what's going on, man? <laughs> And, and here's another thing, you know, at this point, we all know people that have died from the coronavirus, but we also know that, you know, was it 10% or, or uh, yeah, 10, one in 10 of 1% mm-hmm. people end up dying mm-hmm. from this. Yeah. Um, and we, we shut our economy down. We shut our businesses down. Um we got mail-in votes. Mm-hmm. It was a big help, right? Mm-hmm. So how, how was this virus politicized, and who did it help the most in the end? Um, it, it's just brought back a, a bunch of distrust among the, go, the, the government that we have. 
um, and I don't mean the federal government, mm-hmm. um, look at the, the ridiculous things that our New York City mayor and New York's and New York governor have done in hypocrisy. You know, they, they make these edicts and, and uh, um, then they're out violating their, their own ordinances. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Yeah, it is crazy stuff. I think um, I'm trying to think if I know if I've known someone personally that died. I can't think of that. I do know people that got it. Uh, John Voorhees, by the way, says he he tested positive. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, there's, there's quite a few folks that have either been on the podcast here who have tested positive for COVID-19. Um, lot, most of those folks have recovered. I hope John gets better soon. Uh, my dad in New York had COVID and, uh, and he has, you know, different complications, old dude, <laughs> you know, uh, lots of different things. He's had cancer, uh, different stuff going on, but, uh, he recovered from that. Basically he's one of those old bastards out there that can't die, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> right. Some dudes like I, that. I think, you know, most people are, I, I think I had it in March mm-hmm. and, uh, of course I, I couldn't get a, a doctor's appointment anywhere mm-hmm. to go confirm it. So, uh, I had the classic symptoms. Uh, it took me about a week to get over, and uh, it didn't linger, fortunately for me. And I, you know, felt better almost right away. Um, yeah, we 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 shut our entire country down for yeah. That. Now a lot of so I'm in I'm in Florida. You're in Arizona. Did Arizona really shut down? Because I always tell people that Florida never really shut down. I've been going the whole time, and there were businesses that decided to work from home and stuff like that. But I feel like Florida didn't shut down and why it's still thriving versus other places. We, uh, we had a month, I want to say, uh, March and April where most businesses were closed. Grocery store was open. Walmart was open. Um, uh, fast food places were open. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people were working from home. Uh, we now, uh, we have a very, uh, liberal, city council and mayor here in mm-hmm. tucson we have a mask requirement that you yeah if you're and arizona didn't go for trump did they <sighs> i don't know if that's real i know i was thinking about you but it was yeah can you imagine an election night and they paused everything right yeah when has that ever happened never Never. That alone is is cause is cause for the and, pulse. And like like Florida, mm-hmm. every weekend for probably the last eight weeks up to the election, Trump rallies everywhere. Thousands of pickup trucks with yeah. American flags. I, I knew Trump, Trump was going to win Florida, and I'm sure it probably looked to you like, hey, there's no way Trump is losing Arizona. I mean, people told me that. Like, Never. And Trump did win Florida, but I think it has a lot to do with our our politicians here, right? Versus, let's say, Georgia, where he didn't. How how did he not win Georgia? (laughs) Same way that um, these two Senate seats were lost in Georgia because they paused it. Right. (laughs) Lo and behold. You know, um, really crazy. Let me let me just get a couple of comments in here from the audience. Uh, shout out to all those folks out there. You know what? If like 20 or 30 of you guys, it's close to 100 people watching us. If you smash the thumbs ups, we'll get to 100, which will be awesome. Devil Dog um, 81 mm says it will be it will be hidden and silenced if people start leaking or disobeying orders. True. It's still going to get out there somehow. But, uh, you know. I think it's still a bellwether. I, I really, uh, I'm gonna, st- I'm, I'm gonna really think deeply about what Mike said. That is a bellwether. 
if you want to know. Well, more. when you when you have the director of an agency or you have a uh, a general in command of a state national guard unit mm-hmm. that um, uh, resigns, uh, if they feel strongly enough about resigning, they're going to feel strongly enough about talking to a news media outlet, whether. Uh, it's given the time of day, depending on politics. You know, mm-hmm. the, the media is is definitely influenced by a Democratic Party. But if it gets out there and it's around, and yeah, we'll, we'll find out. I think. Yeah, uh, this is from Adam Casey. He says Project Veritas released a new video earlier today showing where the woman they uncovered committing election fraud in Texas was actually arrested today for the voter fraud that she committed. Um, if, if you guys don't follow Project Veritas, I think you should. I think it's shameful, though, that there's people in the media, one, completely ignoring what Project Veritas is doing, and there's definitely people in law enforcement ignoring it. It's like you were talking about Cheryl Todd, right? If you didn't have Cheryl doing what she does and folks like Vince uh, doing what they do, what happened uh, with your story would have never come to the light. Right. And, you know, you, you asked about making a movie. It's just not a popular subject. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, regarding my book, um, Mm -hmm. there's probably been less than 5,000 copies sold, honestly. Mm -hmm. The There was a couple of folks buying it today, hopefully. I don't know. I I hope so. And uh, after you buy it, pass it around Mm -hmm. your group of friends. Believe me, it's more, more important that people read that book and learn something from it than uh, whatever measly royalty check. And to be honest with you, beyond the the initial um, upfront money I got on that book, I've never received another check. And they said it just hasn't sold enough copies. So mm-hmm. um, I think I for you, it's book. getting the message out there, right? Yeah, it's uh, every time I can take a dig at ATF for what they did to me, I'm happy. I mean, I... Uh, You've seen me before, you as well as other people do podcasts and stuff. If somebody asks me, I'll make myself available because I want people to know what the truth is because there's a lot of guys like me out there, guys that that are uh, very patriotic Americans would do anything for their country. And that's the position I was in. Mm -hmm. The mistake that I made was uh, my love of country should somehow extend to the government, mm-hmm. and it doesn't, because there's nothing I wouldn't do for my country. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope people who read the book or people who know me and know my actions uh, understand that. But my government, I I wouldn't cross the street for my government. Mm-hmm. Not again. Not again. That that was the mistake I made initially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't if if someone from the government comes a knocking. Don't answer the door. (laughs) Don't answer the door. Call your lawyer who's going to tell you don't answer the door. (laughs) And and my lawyer had that conversation several times with me. I was like, these guys love me. They're not going to show me. Oh, boy. Yeah. 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 Um, And I think it is. Look, I think people should be made aware of it. I do. Whenever we have these discussions about the ATF, uh, I bring you up. Um, I'm I'm glad I met you. I think, um, you know that you did the right thing uh, both times, if, probably more than once, but at least there's two situations there, I think, where you did the right thing uh, in terms of doing it in the first place and then, you know, fighting and not rolling over for those guys. 
Um, and folks, just you know, we just need to be aware of these things. There are people like us out there. It's going to be kind of tough because it looks like these guys are winning. I believe that they're going to start eating themselves very shortly after the inauguration. <laughs> you know? I, I agree with you. When, when they when they turn on themselves, um, things are going to get really messy. Mm -hmm. um, but I, again, I do hope that that Mr. Trump, President Trump. Put some effort into developing developing a third party, um, where we're not dealing with people like Mitch McConnell anymore. Mm -hmm. We get infused with some younger blood, and with with uh, uh, people who enter politics and are committed to doing the right thing instead of making a fortune for themselves. Mm -hmm. I would like to see. So I'm not sure if we can do something with the Libertarian Party, but maybe we can go further and take and actually really take over the Republican Party. Uh, I think the big problem for Trump is that he was able to get in there and do it. And he's not a politician. And he had a lot of these Republicans around him that basically signed on to bring him down. You know, and we're seeing it here, even at the end, you're still seeing that like, it just seems to me from the beginning, if you look at the Obama administration, there was no one uh, stabbing Obama in the back up till now. It's not really happening. We might have seen like one thing here or there, but not really. Not anything that's yeah. really memorable. But a lot of this has come from his own side, from the people uh, that he put around him. And, and probably a lot of that is because he's not a politician. So he didn't really necessarily know who to put there. And he, and he put these people in positions. And those same people all the time were, I mean, all the leaks and stuff that was coming out of there um, – you know, it's, I mean, one, one of these days when they do the forensics on this, I think people are going to be blown away if, if it ever really comes out what happened in this whole yeah. situation. I, I agree with you. You know, people talk about uh, General Kelly and, and Mad Dog Mattis, both great Marine generals. Let me tell you, my, my limited experience from Marine Corps is you don't get to be a flag officer. How can I say this delicately? Um, without having kissed somebody's ass at some point in your career. It just doesn't happen. The The upper ranks of the military are every bit as political as Congress and Senate and presidency. And if you happen to run afoul of one of the, uh, the top guys, you, you can kiss your career goodbye. You just are not going to make it. But if you have the, the top guy's blessing and... You sell your soul to get that, then yeah, maybe you'll make flag officer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, interesting. For, for, what, for, for whatever that's worth. For what it's worth. I get it. <laughs> There's a message in that. There's a message. Let's get this in from uh, Armament and Axis. He gave us five bucks. He says, um, who died from the flu this year? Who died of old age? Uh, it's all COVID, right? They made this politically driven and out to be uh, Ebola type of a situation. I know someone was saying earlier that now the elections are over. Cuomo saying you got to open up New York. <laughs> 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 You're going to probably hear that uh, from, from the folks in California as well. Um, yeah, a lot of that was this whole feeling that they wanted everyone to feel isolated and, and for people to feel like uh, everyone else was the enemy. I was speaking to a friend's dad yesterday that called me up. Um, I'm a friend's a black guy's dad, obviously black. Um, and he called me up and he was like, you know, retired, retired dude. And he's like, you know what? I want to get into guns. 
I never did it. I never wanted to get into guns or do anything like that. But now I'm going to do it because I see on the news that these Trumpers want to kill me. And I was like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> like, where's this coming from? And he was like, oh, if you look at what happened at the Capitol and all that. And I was like, so do you remember when they were burning down cities, when Black Lives Matter was burning down cities and they were saying that Antifa co-opted the message and those were the ones burning down the cities and there were black people saying, we don't want our, to burn our cities and our communities down. You know, we don't want this. What makes you think that that's different from now? You know, and if there weren't a bunch of white people saying, look at this, we're going to go get guns, you know, maybe there was. To be honest with you, maybe there was, right? We had record gun sales last year. And a big percentage of that was uh, new people, but also a lot of black people getting into it. And now from this incident in D.C., a lot of people are getting uh, on board and doing this thing. And I'm just thinking, how, like, what's happening to people? Why aren't they connecting the dots of all these things happening and realize that they're being manipulated? You know, and even now you're going to get into... That's true. And, and I was saying to him, so now you're going to get into guns you think that there's some white guys who supported Trump that are your enemy. And I was like, when you go to a gun store to buy a gun, who do you think is going to own that store? <laughs> I said, by the way, it's going to be some white guys who voted for Trump. <laughs> and they're going to sell you a gun. And they're going to, to help you get a CCW. And they're going to train you. And I was like, you, do you want to think about that for a second? <laughs> you know? So it's weird, and I think, man, uh, how do we get here that people just aren't really seeing this? You know, everyone's just compartmentalized like that. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, I, I think I'm pretty average as a shooter, and mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the the thought of me having to use my gun to kill somebody because their skin color is different is uh, a pretty foreign idea. For, who am I going to shoot? I'm going to shoot somebody kicking in my door. I'm going to shoot somebody trying to harm somebody mm -hmm. in my family. Um, I don't care what color they are. Mm -hmm. And I think a very, very, very large percentage of the American shooting community is feels exactly the same way. Um, you know, we've left that that stuff behind mm -hmm. with the less the last generations. Hopefully, um, I'm not to say that there aren't some some white supremacists out there. But if you listen to the news, it makes it sound like anybody with anybody white with a gun is a white supremacist. And that's just not the case. Yeah. I, I don't know how we got there. I don't know how we got there. And I don't know why people feel that way. I mean, I asked him, I said, is this what you see in your neighborhood? <laughs> you know? And I mean, yes, he lives here in Gainesville. And Gainesville is a very liberal, hippie neighborhood. Um, there's lots of white people, lots of black people. You know, if you don't see that and you're seeing something on the news, why are you believing that that's true? And then why, if you really believe that's true, why are you seeking out uh, anything from the people? You know, <laughs> you really have to think about all this. And I, and I was saying to him, and, and think about what Biden's going to do. If you're afraid and you're going to get a gun, Biden is now saying he's going to take that from you. <laughs> So you just have to think about it, and I don't. I don't think everyone's thinking about it. What um, we've got, like, so we've got some time here. Any cool guns? I know this is like the majority of what you what you do. Anything really cool, badass, interesting? You think the folks should be? I know right now a lot of us are paying more attention to politics than guns, but I think you know, fair question. Yeah. Right? Hey, 
uh, you know, I've got two cool pistols in. We can't uh, we can't show is, anything because YouTube's actually no. watching me when I go live now. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> I can't show. Uh, I can't show any. Uh, I just we can show fingers. pictures and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know these these gun companies they set their embargoes and new product releases oh, for shot show. Yeah, and even though we're not having shot show this year, they're still timing it as if we were having a shot show. So they're both cut. One is a dedicated match gun and the other is a, um, a new carry gun with, with an interesting twist. Um, so I can't mention either of those. Um, did you ever, did you ever get your hand? I know there's a lot of five, seven stuff coming out and like Caltech. I don't know whether or not you're into Caltech. Caltech has a five, the P 50, I think, which is basically, I saw, yeah, I saw that, that, that looks interesting. Mm -hmm. The the other one I'm interested in, I'm supposed to get a test gun, but haven't got it yet is the, the diamond back DB five, seven, which right. uh, you can actually put a, a brace stock on and mm -hmm. if that's, that's what you want to do. Yeah. And pro probably would be what I would do. Yeah. Um, just to ring some accuracy out. I have yeah. a, a fellow gun writer friend in Phoenix who has one in his, very happy and very pleased with, with the accuracy. Okay, a lot of people ask me to check into that. Unfortunately, and and hope you know, I'm not trying to drag you into this. Diamondback hates me. They're in Florida, but uh, they they don't like something I've said about their pistols in the past because I reached so out. I have to, something, something to do with Josh? <laughs> uh, no, uh, okay. I. But uh, you know, remember they made some pistols, right? And when they like handguns, and when they first put those out, they were pretty bad. And so I said things about that. I like their ARs and stuff like that. I think they've done a good, decent job with their ARs. And they even came out with newer versions of those handguns that I thought were a lot better. And we, we got out there and we said, hey, this is a lot better. But for some reason, when I reached out to them about that 5.7 AR, because I thought that was a cool um, idea, they were like, uh, yeah, we will never. <laughs> you said something bad about us. We will never, ever. And I was like, OK, that's cool. I'll still get, I'll get my hands on it. <laughs> But yeah. I, I am looking forward, actually, to trying it out because it uses the five seven pistol magazines, right? Right. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. a it's a neat, handy little gun. Mm -hmm. um, you know, perfect for a backpack and mm -hmm. a red dot, and mm -hmm. uh, you know, nice little PDW that mm -hmm. is car portable and that you could actually maneuver it. Yeah. While sitting in your driver's seat. Yeah, I think it's a cool idea. Uh, one way or the other, I'll check it out, or maybe. I think the 5.7 market's kind of opening up a little bit. Although that Caltech is expensive, man. Thousand bucks for Caltech. Oh, pistol. really? Yeah. Huh. Right? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, have you tried to buy 5.7 ammo lately? Um, well, all ammo lately. I haven't tried to get 5.7. Ammo's kind of difficult. Uh, but five. Yeah. But I, I think FN opened up the... Uh, didn't FN like release the patent on that, and other or other people can make uh, five seven now? I'm sure there are other companies making it. Mm -hmm. um, I just haven't been able to find any of it. I happen to have, I think, four or five boxes from that I got when I did my original five seven pistol mm -hmm. evaluation years and years ago, and I've still got that. Um, I'll have to see if I can find some more if I get that EB five seven in. If you get it in, I would really like to know what you think about it. You know, okay. I would really be interested in knowing um, what you think about that thing. Uh, people, someone's asking here, I think, Ar uh, who is this? Uh, Armin and Axis says, how's Mike's new puppy? Len Holt says, what's the pup's name? You've got a new puppy? 
Well, he's going to be four in March. Oh, um, we're talking. Okay. His name's Gunner. Oh, okay. Gunner, and, and people think that he got named Gunner because I like guns and shooting, but actually, he's the the world's second Gunner Daddy. Gunner is is Marine slang for warrant officer. Mm. My dad was a warrant officer during World World War II, but the troops called her called him Gunner Daddy. So. Um, oh. <laughs> I was either I was either kind of called Gunner or Moose was his nickname. Okay, and, uh, uh, yeah. I, I didn't want to call him Moose, so mm-hmm. Gunner ended up being the name for him. Cool, very cool. All right, so listen, we're at nine o'clock. Uh, here's what I want to do: if the folks out there want to follow up with you um, or see the work that you're doing, where can they see that? How can they follow up or keep in touch with you? Uh, you know, in, in terms of gun articles and stuff. Um, uh, a lot because I work so much for Athlon Outdoors. A lot of that stuff gets put up at uh, tactical tactical-life tacticallife.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they want to check up on me personally, uh, check me out on Facebook at Mike Deddy. Uh, I do have a uh, uh, a Facebook page for my book. It's Guns Across the Border, and uh, the, it, it, a lot of times I'll put up some old interviews or stuff there or uh, more current happenings on the border uh, regarding uh, gun seizures and so mm-hmm. forth. Okay. All right. Very cool. Black Metal Forge says, hi, Mike. I'm not sure if that's... Hello, sir. Yeah. Um, so cool. What you know? We're going to wrap it up here, but I would like you guys to check out Mike Deddy. Um, check out his book. I think Lola put some stuff in the description uh, of this, uh, as well as uh, check out Vince uh, Vincent Sheffaloo. He's got a rat snake. Yeah, rat snake. Yes, absolutely. Some good books out there. Uh, Maybe we'll get both of you guys to come back um, in the future here. Definitely our prayers and thoughts go out to Vincent, who's getting going under the knife. He's probably going to be getting operated on and and sipping on some Jack Daniels, smoking and say, you know, (laughs) until they until they put him out. But hey, you know, got to live. You have the right to live this life the way you want to live it. Yeah, you know, God bless him and thank God we have good Americans like Vince to look right. out for us. Yeah, God bless him. Uh, God bless you too, Mike. I I uh, appreciate you thank coming you. on. How's your mom, by the way? Your mom's out still out there kicking butts, man. Yeah, uh, turned ninety five a couple weeks ago. Congratulations! And, uh, Happy birthday. She is saucy and surly, and <laughs> uh, nothing much has changed with her. Yeah, I've got to come visit you guys in Arizona sometime. Please do. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to do that. All right. So stay right there, Mike. Uh, I'm going to be right back so you can give the final thoughts. Shout out to all the folks who are here joining us. Thanks so much. Go to HankStrange.com. Sign up for the email list. Uh, Make sure you guys check out Harry's Holsters. Use the code HankStrange, and that will get you 10% off there. You know, lots of folks buying guns. You're going to need a holster for your gun. So check that out. I'm going to run in the end, and we'll be right back. All right, guys. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, smash the thumbs up, ring the bell so you can be notified whenever we go live. We're going to take the audio out of this and put it up on iTunes and other places that you guys can get your audio podcast so you can listen to it there. Um, I really do want to thank Mike Deddy and Vincent Sheffalo for coming on the show. Uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, Mike, I'm going to let you give the last word to the folks out there. What would you like to leave these folks with? Boy, that's you know, that's a good one. Like you said earlier, anytime the government knocks on your door and asks for your help, think twice.
um, and I'm speaking from experience, I was uh, far too eager and ambitious to uh, do what I what I saw as a patriotic chore, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, I should have been not quite so naive when it came to helping my government. Right. Uh, I think well said. You guys should uh, pay attention to that. Um, thanks so much, Mike, for joining me here and hanging out with us. We, we appreciate it. Uh, we're out of here, guys. We will see you back here tomorrow. Peace. Thanks, Hank.